Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Adam Morris. Um, <sighs> fucking yawn real quick. Um, let me just start off the show. Uh, I said it on the internet, uh, Facebook, what what have you. But uh, last week's show, the audio was all fucked up. And I hit up uh, sound genius uh, Anthony Missionary Thomas to ask him if there was any remedy for it. He looked deeply into the situation because the guy is, is just a fucking, he knows what the fuck he's doing on all levels with this. This guy is, is legitimately trained in, in the shit that I've um, made a mockery out of for nine years. Um, so uh, he said, you know, there's really nothing you can do about it or whatever. Um, but he's pretty much in agreement that it was most likely me slowing my computer down by trying to watch the stream at the same time of doing the podcast. So that's why you had the audio cut now, which I didn't I didn't realize it was doing that during the show or I would have just cut the fucking feed because I was watching that blood sports show that I really barely cared about to begin with. But I figured it was something, you know, I could 
kind of occupy myself in the background, maybe have a little bit of extra shit to add to it. And uh, another yawn for you motherfuckers. Um, but yeah, it fucked it fucked it all up. So um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you get what you pay for, motherfuckers. Uh, so I guess uh, couple couple random things. Uh, let me see. What do I got here? Cause I I got a couple of couple of things to go over. Um, where the fuck is this stupid ass screenshot? All right, so let me just go into this fucking thing right off the the start. Um, apparently last night, um, you know I get sent these screenshots, and what's funny is, you know. I don't pay attention to these motherfuckers. The the people who talk all this type of shit, who go out of their way to listen to my show, um, and then make excuses and reasons and, and try to bury it and this and that, but take time out of their night or day or what have you to um, listen to my fucking show. And, and let's make things very clear. My show consists of nothing but me talking. That That's all there is to it. There's not like, ah, oh, well, I'm watching a wrestling show and he happens to be on commentary. There's no like, ah, oh, I happen to be watching a wrestling show and he happens to be ring announcing. There's just J-Cat talking on a motherfucking microphone. So when you tune in to my fucking show, make it make it very clear to yourself that you are occupying your time listening to me speak. So I, I appreciate that. And although people will try to take these... um these high and mighty routes where, uh, you know, they get to try to belittle me or what I do or my life or whatever, but like you're spending your time listening to me and it takes somebody else screenshotting your bullshit. Cause I'm not on your fucking page and sending it to me to even know that you exist, to even know that your fucking opinion is in the fucking, in the air about me. So apparently last night, uh, ML Jerkoff, uh, post on his fucking page, spending my Sunday night listening to Yakuza Kick Radio because I love podcasts with shitty audio quality where hosts complain about everything in between yawning. And also because I hate myself. Well, uh, we have something in common there, ML. Because, uh, you know, you hate yourself and I, I did not know we had that, uh, that in common. I love myself personally. I'm in fucking fantastic shape. I have three kids. I have a job I love after 18 fucking years. I'm passionate about my job. You know, a lot of these people that have a lot of um, issues with me and and um, want to criticize me for being negative about things and this and that. Thing is, is I'm I'm really really negative about wrestling because I'm self admittedly not a wrestling fan. You guys are so married to this fucking wrestling thing, and, and every fucking week on this show I tell you I'm not a wrestling fan. So you guys are so in love with the wrestling business that you listen to a guy who admittedly does not fucking like it. Does not fucking like it. Had his time where he was in love with the wrestling business and went monthly and really dedicated a lot of money and time to it. And now it's it's just something I chat about, you know? It's it's every once in a while I uh you know, I get on here weekly and uh you know, talk about the few things that I see and and take in as far as the internet goes and you know, whatever, whatever I happen to 
to watch or, or, you know, just follow as far as the, um, the results pop up and the, the bullshit drama that goes on within wrestling. And I sit back and I just fucking, I laugh at it half the time. Uh, I read a little bit before I go to work. Um, you know, I'll every once in a while I'll be able to check my phone. Oh, look at this bullshit that's going on. Sometimes I'll make a comment first thing in the morning. And by the time I go to lunch, I look at my phone and I got all these fucking screenshots and messages and people are like really fucking fired up about what I said or, you know, it is what it is. It's not me taking a lot of time out of my day. And the reason, spoiler alert, uh, the reason I yawn on this fucking show is because I work eight hours a day, six days a week for the past 18 fucking years. I have three kids. I have 13 chickens. I have five cats. I have two fish tanks. I have a dog. Um, in the in the pen over there, I also have five pigeons, uh, two ducks. Um, so a, as you might be able to imagine, I, I have a lot going on in my life. Unlike you hollow life motherfuckers who, um, you know, work desk jobs, work fucking desk jobs like receptionists that you have no passion about. And all you could do is just latch on to your dreams about professional wrestling and how, as a kid, it was really cool when you watched the Macho Man jump off the top rope, and now you get to sit there by ringside, or you get to sit by a fucking table, and you get to call these matches. None of you are any good at it, but the fact that you're somehow involved with something you used to think was cool as a kid makes you feel fucking special. And I'm here to tell you, you're not fucking special at all. I mean, they have Olympics for the type of special you are, but it's not, it's not the type I would fucking, uh, hang your fucking hat on. Um, so this is the shit he put up, right? Um, again, uh, you know, I, I don't have respect for this fucking guy. I haven't had respect for this guy for a long fucking time. This guy... Uh, on multiple occasions, has been blackout drunk during commentary. Blackout drunk during ring announcing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's a wrap with this guy. This guy is a mouth-breathing fucking moron. So, the only thing I can think of is his fucking Eagles took that loss. So he sat in his fucking house, drinking himself into an oblivion. And decided to try to take a fucking shot at me. The thing about... ML Jerkoff and Scotty Satire and all these other assholes on the internet and uh, Tim, whatever the fuck, uh, I'll go to his comment in a minute. Um, these motherfuckers can't match wits with me. They're fucking unarmed. They, that's the thing. Every time I get into these little fucking sparring matches with these motherfuckers who post their little shit and um, t- take like the, the weakest shots on the fucking planet. They're not smarter than me. They they don't have the fucking intelligence to fucking uh, to go back and forth with me. Every single time, it, it doesn't it doesn't go well. They say the same things over and over. Don't know a motherfucking thing about me when it comes right down to it. But again, I hold pride in what I am. I really really don't need these motherfuckers to like like me. I don't. I it's not something that I feel. Um. Any type of, like, put out by these motherfuckers being like, oh, yeah, he's, he fucking, he likes fucking cats. Like, okay, 
So Scotty Satire says, man, uh, we could be going out and committing felonies, but you're out here torturing yourself. You know, okay. Again, you know, it's that tough guy act. It's that MDK all day. You guys are out there committing felonies. You ain't doing shit, motherfucker. You ain't doing a motherfucking thing. You motherfuckers jaywalk and think you're badasses. Yeah, I mean, Scotty Satire, don't let other motherfuckers talk you into some shit that you can't get yourself out of. Because, again, like, I'm not the type of dude, I'm 41 years old, best shape of my life, but I'm not, I'm not running around trying to fight motherfuckers. But I really, really wish you'd keep my fucking name out of your mouth. I really do. Because in the, in the occasion that we meet up in the future at any given point, and this isn't a threat or anything like that, I'm just telling you it's not going to fucking go well. It's not, it's not going to go in a way where you like, that was a long time ago. Dude, it's just the internet. What's your fucking problem? Somebody get him. Like, no, none of this shit is going to work for you at all. Because I've, I've heard you yap off too many fucking times about me. I know you hang around a bunch of wrestlers who high-five you and, and you think you're cool because of that. But you're not on my motherfucking level, dude. There's no way that you're going to stand in front of me and say any of the live shit you say. Not a fucking bit of it. N- not, n- not even a fucking word of it. I promise you. Without someone there to fucking stand in front of you or, or back you up, Man to man, you stand in front of me and say any of the live shit you say on the fucking computer like I'm some kind of clown. You you drive back and forth across New Jersey all the fucking time. You fucking hit me up privately and we'll make that shit happen. You meet me fucking alone and you, you, you come and pop some shit to my fucking face. Otherwise, shut your little faggot mouth because you can't fucking, you can't back up a goddamn thing you say. And you know it. But you're just going to keep popping off. Every time my name pops up, here's Scotty Satire on the fucking post. Oh, who are we talking about? Oh, let me jump on that. You're a clown. You're an absolute fucking clown. No one takes you seriously. I've talked to motherfuckers that you kiss the asses of in the wrestling business, and they all think you're fucking clowns. And it's coming up in conversation where they're telling me they like my fucking show. So I know everybody, you know, wants to jump on this. Oh, J-Cat's show sucks. Okay, that that that's great stuff, but... I, I, I'm hearing things that that um, th- that don't really agree with you on a regular basis, so it's it, it's weird. It's just fucking weird. So then, this uh, Tim uh, Plogloft says, "Isn't listening to a podcast by a closet furry already committing a felony?" See again, these motherfuckers. Um, so so Tim, I looked at his page too because I didn't know who the fuck he was. And apparently he works at a bar in the five below. So those are two very passionate uh, professions that he's logged himself into. Hence his fucking anger at, at my love for what I actually do. Um, so I don't really understand. The only other thing that I saw on Tim's wall was him pulling staples or barbed wire out of um, Adam Bueller, the, you know, the AIDS kid. So while he's pulling metal out of an AIDS patient, um, he thinks he could take shots at me that I'm going to take some level of serious. You motherfuckers are not uh, not normal fucking human beings that, that anyone respectable would take seriously. I hope to God none of you had fucking children. Because the, the type of shit you would raise them to be like is fucking bizarre like it's fucking crazy that you motherfuckers even exist on the planet to to teach anybody anything but it's cool because y'all run in the circles that you belong in and that's that's perfectly fine with me 
but I, you guys wanted your attention. You fucking brought my name up, so I'll give it to you. It's fine. It, it doesn't it doesn't really affect me in that way. Um, so let's uh let's branch off into something I'm passionate about. Let let's talk because I meant to tell this story last week and I got sidetracked and then I forgot all about it. Uh, so let's let's talk about cats a little bit. Um, again, I know this is very very offensive to people who work desk jobs. Um, you know, bullshit desk jobs with no fucking, no long-term plan, you know, I mean, although, you know, let's, let's not, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to glaze over, you know, something that's very obvious about my line of work. My line of work isn't one of, uh, financial, um, wealth. It's not something that's going to end in, uh, J-Cat's really well off because he's worked at his job for, you know, all of these years. But what I can tell you is I've, I've saved countless fucking lives and I continue to do so on a regular basis. And it's, it's not, I'm not embellishing. I'm not, um, I'm not trying to, uh, use any, any form of hyperbole to, um, you know, uh, to, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it sound better than it is. Sorry. I was looking at my phone. Um, I know, super professional, but this, this is what I, I really believe in. This is my calling, you know? And, and if that's, that's what I, uh, that's what I choose to do in life. And, and I respect it. I respect it to such a high level. I don't know many motherfuckers out there that have a, a job for 18 years and are still excited to go to fucking work six days a week. I work and I'm still thinking about my job on the seventh fucking day. But again, to you guys, that makes me a fucking loser. To me, it makes me a fucking, it makes me a pretty upstanding motherfucker. I'm six years fucking sober. You motherfuckers, like, uh, ML Jerkoff's drinking himself into a fucking coma in his kitchen every fucking weekend. Yeah, but you go ahead and point out what the fuck you like and, and what you like. You know, you, you respect. So, um... Then, uh, so, all right, let's go into the, the story I was going to tell, because I keep getting sidetracked. I want to talk shit about these fucking retards. Um, so there was a cat named Kimber who was adopted from our shelter. Uh, Kimber initially came in, and uh, she was she's older. She's a tiny little girl. She's a very petite, probably about four or five pounds tops. Um, she's very petite, but she's about 10 years old. Uh, we had to remove most of her teeth. She had three teeth left. Um, so she was on a primary wet food diet. Uh, she didn't have any, you know, nothing that lined up as far as her teeth to top to bottom to, you know, crunch her food up and stuff. So um, we found her a home where it was um, an older couple. They hadn't had a cat in a long, long time, um, possibly ever. Um, they were dog people, but their situation was, uh, they moved into their assisted living community, like, um, you know, apartments. And um, they weren't, if they had a dog, they were allowed to bring it in, kind of like grandfathered in, you know. Uh, if they had a cat, they were allowed to bring it in. But once that animal died, you couldn't get a new one. That's how the, the policy worked. Well, they had some work that was being done on their apartment. Now, two weeks prior to them moving in there, their dog had passed and they didn't have time to get a new dog or expect to train it or have it like really, you know, figure things out. And they had gotten a little bit too old. There's no yards there or anything. So it didn't make a lot of sense. 
So uh, they were having some work done, and um, it was, like, behind schedule, and they kind of got screwed over on, like, you know, what was supposed to be done before they moved in and stuff like that. So the uh, whoever was running the joint said, hey, look, is there anything else we could do for you to make up for whatever? And they said, well, we want a cat. And uh, so uh, they they were like, all right, look, just, you know, don't just don't tell anybody, you know, you can get the cat whenever. So uh, they adopted they adopted Kimber and um, Kimber was a shy girl. But when you got in close with her, she was very sweet. Um, she didn't really trust right off the bat and isn't a super confident cat, but if you stay in real close quarters with her and you pet her for a while, she'll start licking your hands and stuff. She's really sweet that way. So I felt like once she settled in, you know, we, we all kind of agree that once she settled in with these people, she'd be very good, you know, cause she'd be, she wasn't aggressive at all. There was no worries about her really doing a whole lot, you know, cause she was little. Um, so she went home with them. Um, weeks had, had gone by. Uh, the one time she, the, the woman stopped in and she had some questions about the different types of food and this and that. But really didn't say much about, you know, how social she was being. She just said, you know, well, she's still scared or whatever. But really didn't lead on to any much more than that. So now it had been uh, about five weeks now, right, since they adopted the cat. They showed up the one day and they said, look, um, we, we need help because um, the cat hasn't used the litter box in, in days. So we think she needs to go to the vet, but we can't find her. So they're like, do you have any suggestions in this and that? So uh, me and my, my friend Kelsey, who, who's you know, my coworker there, she takes care of the female yard and was actually Kimber's primary caretaker while she was there. Cause I do the other side. Um, and, uh, I said, Kelsey, you know, you do want to just go by their house after work. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and she's like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. I figure when we get there, we're just going to be getting into a situation where like these people are like elderly, you know, they're in their eighties. Um, I figure like Kimber's just going to be under the bed. They, can't be crawling around on the floor or anything like that. I figure like she's just going to be all the way under the bed or like in a, in a deep closet or, or something like that. And this should be a pretty easy. Oh, here you are, Kimber, pull her out. Um, we brought uh, a little like dog crate that we were going to line with like pillows and, and blankets and then cover with a blanket on top, kind of give her like her own little cave. So she could like use that as her safe spot, something that they could reach into and actually work with her and get her to adapt. And, um, you know, hopefully move forward with their personality from there. So this was like our initial plan and thought process. So we get out there and we're looking and like, this place is clean as fuck. Like it's not big. It's like a little, um, it's got like a bedroom, two beds. Cause I, you know, old people sleep separately or whatever. Um, so they have the two beds in there, little single beds. Um, I mean, this shit is clean like a fucking hotel room. Like, it's crazy. Like, the couches are immaculate. There's no sign of a cat living there other than, like, there's a handful of toys that are just in, like, one spot. Two clean-ass litter boxes. And, um, like, the food bowl. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, where the fuck? So now I'm like, oh, this this isn't, like... So we checked all the obvious spots under the bed and the closet. And the closets are, like, a foot deep. 
like a foot and a half, two feet deep tops. And like they're, they have like three outfits each. So like the, the wife's closet's on the one side, the husband's on the other side. It's got like the sliding, like accordion doors. And, uh, you know, we just like peek in there and it's like, cat's not here. I mean, there's nothing to move around. There's nothing to hide behind or whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, my money's still on my closet. I'm like, dude, like there's nothing to your closet for the cat to be. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's like, it's like opening a fucking briefcase and be like, yeah, I still think it's in there. (laughs) There's no chance. So now I'm looking like um, in the bathroom and in the kitchen, there's like drop ceilings. So like I'm up on a ladder, I'm like popping the drop ceilings up. And again, like I I got my head up in their fucking ceilings and it's just immaculate. It's just like all the fucking, the pipes, the vents, the, the, the wires, everything up there is completely untouched. There's no sign of fur. There's no sign of anything. Um, I mean, we searched this motherfucker. We were in there for like two hours the one Monday. We find nothing. We leave there and we're like, I don't know that this cat is there. Like, I, I don't know. So we said, look, um, put food in the bedroom area and put food in the living room area. Close the bedroom door. And like in the one bedroom area that there's the two beds and then it goes into the one bathroom on the other side of it is like where the kitchen living room. And that's pretty much it. Like it's a, it's a pretty small joint. So we figure, let us know which side of the door that this cat is eating on. You say the food is disappearing. Let's see. Uh, so I hear nothing from them the next day. Two days later, I, I have the office call them and I said, look, um, can you just call them and find out what's going on? Because I, you know, they, he was supposed to call me and, uh, it was fucking crazy because when I was leaving uh, on Monday, I told them, um, I told the guy like, well, we'll get like, give me your cell phone number or, you know, take my number and, and call me. Like if there's any updates, if you see her, if you hear from anything, you know? And, uh, so like he he didn't have his phone on him, but he's like, telling me his numbers i'm like punching it into the thing and like he's holding the door open on like that goes to the outside because this thing's like set up like a hotel so like you know there's just like halls hallways with the doors all over the place you know that's how their entry is and then there's like a glass door you know going to the outside so he's holding the door open trying to give me his number and this and that so he's like pretty much barely gets the numbers out and we just hear like beep 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 like kind of like an alarm it was it was like the alarm, and the door just starts auto closing, and like he doesn't even like fight it or like fucking argue with the situation. He just kind of backs up and starts waving, <laughs> like these motherfuckers just ended my time with you. Take care. Uh, it was just fucking. It, it was kind of crazy, um, but I guess that's how these places work. Like yeah, n- no more holding the door, motherfucker. This ain't that type of party, you know. Um, so. Cause you can't just like walk in there if you don't live there or, you know, whatever. Um, so, uh, so anyway, they get in touch with him and he says, yeah, well, um, she ate outside. She ate not outside, but you know, in the kitchen area and, um, he, they're going to stop by anyway. So they come to stop by and they're like, look, um, but she ate in the kitchen area, but we're starting to think like if you, when you find her, like, maybe you guys should just keep her. I think it's for the best for her. And at this point, I'm like, fine, because I, I, 
I'm baffled by the fact that the cat is even there because we searched this immaculate joint like for two hours. Like there's nothing to this place. And we were in there for two hours, popping ceiling tiles and searching under the bed and flipping the couch and flipping the chairs and uh, everything you could possibly think of. At least I thought. Um, so now the, and I said, all right, you know what? We'll head back over there tonight. Now we're on like a rescue mission. And then now we're talking about finding a cat and taking it out of there where my initial intent was to make the situation better for them to work with the cat, you know, and go forward from there. So now I'm like, all right, Kels, we'll, we'll we headed back over there. And Maria, my ACO is like, do you want me to head over there with you? I was like, no, no, I, I think I got the plan here. I th- really think that this cat is in the couch. Um, we, I mean, we searched everything. I can't think of anywhere else this, this cat would be, but I'll give you a call, you know, if we need you or whatever. And Maria's fucking phenomenal, which I'll prove in a minute. Um, so, uh, we go back and I'm thinking the, the cat just has to be in the couch. We flipped the couch and we you know, did everything we could, but like, th- there's gotta be like a pocket inside of this thing. Like somewhere it's hiding more like where the arms of the couches are. So, and I mean, the, when I say immaculate, like, you know, the black lining that's on the bottom of the chairs and couches and beds, like all of this shit is completely untouched. So we go back and we're flipping the things up and I'm trying to like look through it and he's like, you know, if you need to cut that open, go ahead because my wife hates these couches anyway. And we're we're thinking about getting rid of the couch. The couches look brand fucking new and they're just like, yeah, just just cut it open. Who gives a shit? I'm like, fucking all right. So now we cut the whole black lining off the bottom of the couch. Look in there, fucking nothing. Nothing. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. So I dial Maria up. I'm like, look, fucking head out here. We'll wait for you. So we just keep looking and looking and looking and looking. Maria gets there. Um, she's my ACO. She's in my opinion. And look, I've been here for 18 years. Uh, she's the best ACO in the fucking, in the world. I, I just, she goes so above and beyond and she knows her shit and she's so passionate about what she does. She's just phenomenal. So she walks in, I, I'm giving her like the quick rundown and she's like, yeah, okay. Well, um, you know, sometimes they go, um, over and like, she's like mid sentence and ducks down. It's like bingo. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where the counters in the kitchen meet like the, the corner all the way on the bottom under where the cabinets would open. There's like a, a strip that's like, um, like a border or a lining and where they meet in the corner, they kind of gap it. I don't know if that's purposeful for like a ventilation you know, to prevent mold under there, or I'm not really sure if there's a reason for it, but she actually, she knew like, this is, this is kind of like one of those places. And we're talking about the size of like a, a baseball or a softball, maybe the, the hole, not even a, a softball size. It's, it's like a square, but, and when she bent it down, when she bent down, you saw little bits of fur from her going in there. So sure enough, I take the cell phone put it on video, fucking peek it in the hole there, and I'm shining it in there, and you can see her. There she is. She's fucking there. So now this is an angle where you'd have to go up and in. You know, like, there's no way to get, like, a full-on net in there because the top of the net's going to be too round, and and you're not going to get that in there. I mean, talking about a tiny little space. So, um... 
like maybe like two packs of cigarettes side by side, like that type of thing, like square. Um, so then Maria is trying to reach and, uh, I, we tried a net and we were able to get her to like go off to the one side. Maria is trying to reach. She's like, I could barely touch her. I, I can't get her scruff. I can't. Um, and I'm like, dude, like you want me to try because like I got longer arms or whatever. She's like, yeah, but like your arms aren't going to fit in there. Like, is... and, um, you know, cause Maria's got, you know, skinny little arms and stuff like that. So I'm like, fuck, well, I you know, look, I, I'll do whatever I can. And so I got my arm like kind of twisted up in there and like just pushed. I got it like up to my bicep and then I just had to push and it just felt like it was like when I got my tattoos on the inner arm, when it hit that, like the inside of the elbow where it bends, that was, that was the same feeling as I was feeling like it, it's, it's really bad. And, uh, it just felt like it was just smashing my tendons, like ligaments and tendons. It was fucking, but I could feel like the top of her head and I couldn't get all the way back to like the neck, but I had, I felt like the top of her head. So I just kind of like pulled her forward just a little bit with what I could grab, like a little bit of her ear. And, uh, she luckily stayed with it and I was able to get her scruff. And then I had to kind of deliver her like a baby like out of there because I had to get her to the hole and then I got her face out and then kind of like moved her and was able to like deliver her legs out of there and like holy shit was just like absolutely amazing like to to go through that amount of time and not find this cat and then finally be able to like I mean I would I was on the verge of leaving there going like these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about they're senile like they there's no cat here and Maria, within 30 fucking seconds of walking into the place, was like, you know what? Sometimes they bang right there. Like, holy shit. Like, uh, again, like, this is... So, we brought her back to the shelter. She's doing great. Uh, she didn't lose really any weight or anything like that. She was definitely creeping out, getting enough food at night, and creeping back into that hole. And then that, that was that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I couldn't have been happier to get that cat back. I was I was just absolutely thrilled um so yeah i mean that i'm not an aco i'm not like really an on the road guy um this was all off the clock stuff you know what i mean but this is again the, the, the passion that i i have for what i do this isn't just like what i do for money and then you know well whatever the fuck else but like no like this this is my fucking life this is this isn't some bullshit. This isn't some Teddy Hart throw a fucking cat in the air. Oh, he's a cat guy. Like you're a fucking asshole. And you know, people who, who fucking mock shit, like, you know, Scotty satire and all these other assholes who just like, Oh yeah, Jay, he's a, he just loves his fucking cats. I guess he fucking hates Teddy because of the cats. Like eat a cock, you fucking piece of shit. You, you don't know anything about believing in something. You don't know anything about having a purpose to your life. Your big purpose is watching a play sport. And most of these guys are fucking hobby wrestlers. So you're, you're fucking married to the idea of fucking hobby wrestlers liking you. That That's your fucking passion in life. It's like, I, I hope I call that arm drag right so this guy will fucking tell me nice call when he fucking gets, when he literally watches the, the VOD. Just eat a cock, you fucking piece of shit. Um, so anyway, this is, this is, um, this is a story I wanted to share. That's all. Um, so, yeah, what else do I got? Uh, I watched the... Uh, 
I watched the fucking uh, ICW show for the most part. And I watched uh, the Nick Gage Invitational for the most part. So going into the uh, ICW show, it started off with a four-way. I might miss some shit here because I fucking... I barely pay attention to this type of shit. Um, just in general, like I said, I, I you'll see the difference in, you know, things I talk about that I really, really love and people, you know, things that I talk about that I really don't give a fuck about and then people get really, really butthurt over the fact that I don't give a fuck about it. But they'll keep listening because they hate themselves and that's what they do with their night. Um, so... The the show started with uh, Grim Reefer, Sanchez, Ghost Shadow, and Super Crazy. I have to admit, and this is this is just how I operate at this point, because I don't have any fucking ties to this shit, but when I don't like a motherfucker, and I just, just decide, like, their whole shit is fucking just just not working for me, and the thing with, with Sanchez is, like, his whole bullshit with, like, the fucking cosine and Teddy Hart shit just turns me off. Now, I don't give a fuck about what he does in the ring. Yeah, so his, his match is starting, I just go, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. And the thing about Sanchez is he's got a shitload of fucking charisma. The the guy has been very good for a long time. But he, he's a fucking half a bum. He can't fucking get anywhere in his career because he doesn't push himself. He's in the same weird fucking shape that he was in fucking 15 years ago. And, and you know, he just he just doesn't, he just, he sticks to the fucking... New York, New Jersey scene. And, and where his talent level could have gotten him a lot further, he holds himself back because he's out bumming cigarettes in the fucking parking lot. That's his, that's his primary goal. And now, you know, he's really fucking into the Teddy Hart thing, and he adopted a cat from him, which isn't adopted a cat. You bought a fucking cat off of a breeder. That, that's what that is. While, you know, thousands upon thousands of cats die in fucking shelters, you brought a cat off of an asshole who breeds fucking cats. That's what you did. So, congrats. But So, I, I just kind of tuned out on this match. Uh, Super Crazy is shaped like uh, Jimmy Lloyd now, which, look, I mean, he, he's he's fucking older now. He's not wrestling all the time. So, I mean, it, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, reflect him in such a negative way the way it does, like, a Jimmy Lloyd because, you know, Jimmy's in his fucking 20s. But, um... So anyway, I didn't really care about this match because of those things. Um, so uh, next next matchup was uh, Travis uh, Matt Travis versus uh, Homicide. I, I didn't like this match. Um, I, I'm a big Homicide fan. Great fucking dude. Um, Matt Travis, I'm kind of on the fence about. Some of his shit looks very believable. Other shit looks corny as hell. Um, I mean, his, his attire looks corny as fuck, for starters. I mean, the the, the fur coat with the fucking... It, the, it's just all, it's all weird shit. It's, it's very fucking weird, his, his attire and all that bullshit. But, um... So, anyway, uh... They start off with a cop killer. Which is, is a rough start. Because then you kind of gotta no-sell this guy's fucking finish for the majority of the match. Like... This guy should be, like, fucking climbing out of a hole if he gets hit with that finish right off the bat. But he's really not. He rolls to the outside, avoids, like, an immediate pin, but then just kind of continues like it didn't happen. Um, He's not, like, out of sorts throughout the match, which you would kind of expect a guy to do if they're hit with this, 
this veteran's fucking finisher, a devastating finisher by fucking anyone, really. So, uh, (laughs) at some point, (laughs) Travis hit this drop kick. This has to turn into a meme or or a gif. Uh, Jeff, I don't know. Um, it, it has to because <laughs> he hits a drop kick and homicide. It kind of like sort of hits his arm and he slow takes like two steps backwards and like leans one arm on the fucking corner. <laughs> like this is the most I'm selling that bullshit. Like shit was funny as hell. Um, there was a point where uh homicides in like a, like on his hands and knees, you know, he's getting up, recovering from a move, and Travis runs through to fucking kick his arm out, and he leg slaps, like he slaps his fucking leg to kick Homicide's arm, like I just, some of this shit, that's what I mean, like that shit looks corny as hell, like if you're gonna land some real solid kicks, great, you know, like if you're gonna hit something around the face, you're gonna hit the leg slap to get that like snap on it, I get it. I'm not, like, completely against, like, oh, no one should slap their fucking leg for impact. Fine, but, like, not on fucking everything. You kick the guy's arm. You're making a leg slap in somebody. Did you break his fucking elbow? Or are we just doing that shit? Everything slaps. It's crazy. Especially, like, when you know, like, you're kicking an area that's not skin. Like, what the fuck made that sound? He's got a fucking arm pad on. You're kicking him in his fucking arm, and it makes a slap noise. Like, what? What fucking logic does that have? And then um, he almost dies on a fucking shooting star press. Uh, not quite Rick Blade-esque, but uh, it was close. Um, there was a low ceiling in this building. And I, I was just looking like, dude, I don't, I, I don't know about this shit. He's up there on the fucking top rope. And it looked like he tried to compensate for the ceiling so he didn't shoot up. He shot, like, forward. But man, he barely got over with that fucking star press. It was it was fucking bad looking. Um So that was that was that. Um next up, Moff versus Killer Cross. I like this shit a lot. This is the type of shit I'm into. They beat the shit out of each other. It was hard hitting. I don't I didn't know shit about Killer Cross until I saw him at um the uh Bloodsport show. And he really he took it to fucking Gage and he looked like no question about it. If shit went down, he'd beat the shit out of Gage. Like, when he choked him out, it was like, yeah, yeah. That that would have happened whether Gage liked it or not. Like, say what you want about Gage, badass, all of this stuff. But a guy like Killer Cross would take him a fucking apart and some real shit. Um, so, uh, th- this, was, uh, this was good shit. Um, Killer Cross is definitely legit. Hard-hitting stuff. Um, so, after the match, Dickinson comes out. And they set up fucking uh, Killer Cross versus Dickinson at the next show, which should be fucking awesome. Um, there was a there was a fucking move that happened here on the um, technical side of things, on the audio video side of things that blew my fucking mind. So Dickinson's trying to talk on the mic. I don't know how the fuck they pulled this off, but every single indie company out of there needs to take fucking notes from what the fuck ever they did please inquire with Damano, jack sabbath whoever the fuck's doing things over there and, and ask them how they pulled this magic off but they fucking dickinson was trying to talk on the fucking mic mike was cutting out and he's like fuck it drops the mic and goes into i'm gonna just yell my shit at that and normally it would be like well maybe some of the mics will pick this up 
Um, for the most part, the crowd's going to hear what he's saying. It's not like an enormous crowd. It's a pretty small joint. So he's going to get his point across to the live audience, but it might be lost on the uh, iPay-per-view video on demand, whatever the fuck. They did some kind of shit where they switched over to like ring mics and it picked up every fucking word crystal clear. Like it was probably better than the actual fucking corded mic. I was just like, holy shit, what the fuck just happened that they, they have perfect audio on this ring right now? I don't know, but, like, indie people have been screaming into fucking microphones in the ring that translates well into the building, but never on the iPay-Per-View for I don't know how fucking long, where, like, you could hear the commentators, you hear the commentators, you hear a lot, motherfucker cuts a promo, oh, well, that's not hooked up to the iPay-Per-View. I, like, there's been, like, a big disconnect and I know a lot of what I talk about is CZW, so that's that's part of the problem there. But still, like, um, you know, ICW is very new to the iPay-Per-View world. So, I mean, for them to just, like, seamlessly, bam, got it, fucking ring mic, uh, what the fuck? I, very impressive. Holy shit. So, please, you know, let's, let's advance, because there's so many companies out there. CZW has uh, renamed themselves, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but CCW has changed their name. They're no longer Combat Zone Wrestling. They are now Devolve. Um, so, uh, but let yeah, let's let's fucking uh, no pun intended Devolve. Let's let's advance in this fucking uh, professional wrestling technology field. Uh, you know, I mean, promos should be fucking dime a dozen, and I don't mean in quality, but the amount of them that should be out there should be way more than the fucking late 90s, early 2000s. Everybody's got a video camera in their pocket that's high def. So uh, there's no excuse for nobody cutting promos anymore. I mean, a lot of these promos are trash, and that's that's its own separate thing, but at least present them, and, you know, we can have something to judge and look at and go, all right, well, is this drawing my attention in, or is this turning me off because this fucking guy can't talk for shit? More times than not, it's the latter, but... um give us that fucking opportunity. Give these guys an opportunity to fucking shine. And maybe their strong suit is fucking talking. Who knows? Cause some of these motherfuckers needed some kind of strong suit. Um, all right. Next up, uh, fat Sammy comes out looking like a fucking truck driver versus uh cocksucking Teddy Hart who walks out there with a cat and some fucking slob. I don't know. Um, did this chick, I, I don't know who the fuck she is or, who her dietitian is or fucking anything. I don't know what the game plan is on this. I, I don't know what the fucking the plan was at all. It's like Teddy walks out with a cat and, and what the fuck is going on with this chick with the fucking belly hanging out and shit like this. I don't know if this is like Teddy Hart's version of Ralphus, but I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. You know, and if you think I'm going to be a kind to a chick that's co-signing Teddy Hart shit, you're out of your fucking mind. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, so, um, but again, I'll be, I'll be the insensitive asshole while this guy abuses fucking animals. I'll be the insensitive asshole because I'm fat shaming. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. Um... Um, so, so anyway, uh, Sammy looks like shit. Teddy, you know, just does Teddy shit. Um, don't give a fuck. Again, I just check out. I, I just check out. This isn't, this isn't the type of shit I'm into. Um, 
so then they had a fucking I don't know. I I think the next thing that happened was the low life Louie match, and this is just look. Um, deathmatch wrestling mixed with drinking is not uh, gonna appeal to a guy who's who's six years sober. I mean, if people drink, it doesn't offend me, but like a match surrounding like let's let's be drunk and wrestle and like eh, I don't give a fuck about that. And you know. I, I've never I I'm a low life Louis fan as far as um his his um endurance in the business the fact that he's been around and doing it for a long time and I think he's a great guy I'm not a fan of his in ring work I never have been so um you know the, the the guy you know at this point in life to just be in the ring fucking drinking with Marcus Crane who you know come on it, it's it's not for me um. But this was on his bucket list. Uh, he was drinking at fucking eight fifteen in the morning to prepare for this. So that's that's uh. Then uh, G Raver comes out. I don't know if this was before or after that match. I don't really know. But I I have officially like I I am all set on this. I, I've had enough of this shit where like the the Jim Cornette is the devil. Fuck Jim Cornette. All oh fucking Jim Cornette. Uh, again, I, I side with Jim Cornette on this whole fucking thing because he made a comment about how the fans would rather see motherfuckers bleed out. And that, that's what he that's what he was going for. And you guys could turn it into he's wishing death on motherfuckers. I wish death on people all the fucking time. And that, that's not what he was doing. But again, he doesn't he doesn't have respect for deathmatch wrestling. These guys are taking their fucking lives into their own hands. They're taking uh, insanely dangerous spots for fucking pretty much no money. Um, they're, they're getting some good crowds now. We're finally getting some fucking backing behind it. You know, some of these guys are uh, G Raver over there in fucking Japan with, with, um, June Kasai and stuff like that. See, I, you know, I, I reached some kind of balance too here where like, I do respect deathmatch wrestling, but I feel like it should be more of a, of a build. There should be more to it. There should be a rhyme and reason to it. Violence for the sake of violence is dumbing down your product. Violence for the sake of violence is, is belittling what you fucking do. And has has done a good part in killing deathmatch wrestling. The aura of deathmatch wrestling used to be huge. When a motherfucker used to walk out with a bundle of fucking light tubes, you got a fucking feeling about it, like, oh shit, it's about to go down. Now it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, oh they're doing this again. Now it's like, uh, motherfuckers just keep falling through light tubes and light tubes and light tubes, and you're like, mm, yeah, okay. I saw this last last month. I mean, this was the same shit as last month. Oh, and actually, the match before this and two before that, like. So a lot of it has been dumbed down because of that. So even though I don't feel like Jim Cornette, like it has no place at all, I do feel like a lot of what they're doing now is just complete nonsense, complete worthless fucking meaningless nonsense. So, um, and, and the, the other point that he made was that, yeah, there are just more deserving causes out there than, than a guy who willingly falls into sharp shit and gets hurt and then, you know, again, he didn't ask the fans to pay for it. But again, it's a criticism on the fans who are willing to fucking put up charity money for a guy who willingly jumped into sharp shit rather than homeless animals, rather than kids with cancer. You can do whatever you want with your money. It's fine. But this is this is the avenue they're going. And, um, you know, for a guy who doesn't respect that fucking form of, of wrestling... He's not going to respect that charity. I mean, it's, 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 it's that fucking simple. 
But these people, including fucking G Raver, are so fucking riled up and angry to the point where it's fucking, no pun intended, but this shit is fucking corny at this point. They're legitimately acting like Cornette stabbed him in the fucking arm and took his livelihood away. He just doesn't agree with what the fuck you're doing. He doesn't support people raising money for you. And, and that's like where it begins and ends. And somehow that's like, fuck him to the point where I'm going to make a shirt to fucking make money off of his likeness. And, and the, all of that shit's going to go towards my recovery. Well, that's where you fuck up because that he doesn't give a fucking even said it on his own show. He loves Shaheen's art. He fucking would be fine with the same fucking shirt. If the money was going to fucking homeless animals or fucking wounded warriors or fucking, uh, or sick kids he was fine with the fucking shirt overall if it didn't go to support something that he wasn't for. So using his likeness to support something that he's against is obviously going to rub him the fucking wrong way. That's not him attacking Shaheen. That's not him attacking the the poor fucking victimized deathmatch wrestler that fucking did some stupid shit and got hurt because of it. That's not what that is. You guys are so fucking riled up, and it makes you look like a bunch of mouth-breathing fucking assholes. It makes you look like idiots. And this is where, like, look, G. Raver's a great guy. I think he's a great fucking wrestler. I think he's one of the best wrestlers in deathmatch wrestling because that guy can legitimately wrestle. He has ability. He has talent. This is, this is a thing because I've seen the argument where people are like, she can't fucking wrestle. He's a garbage fucking wrestler. That's not the truth. It's not the truth at all. He's a good fucking wrestler. But when you do dangerous shit and dangerous shit gets you hurt, well, fuck, that, that's on you. That, that, that's on you. Now, if the fans want to pony up and they want to fucking pay, fine. But in the same token, the people who don't like your shit to begin with, I don't know what you expect them to respond. Like, yo, great, I'm so glad they're raising money to fix you when you willingly got hurt. It's just, it, it should come as no surprise to anyone that Jim Cornette has the stance that he has. And then on top of that, they're like, fuck you. We're making a fucking shirt whether you like it or not. I don't give, we have fucking plain black tees. Ha ha ha. Like, it just, it's just like, dude, you guys are corny as fuck at this point. You guys are making yourself look like fucking retards. And, and it sucks because I, I like G Raver, but I can't fucking side with this. I would far rather, and I thought about this the other day. When I saw him out there, then it's uh, fuck Jim Cornette again and again. And it's just like, oh, my God. Like, I would rather be – and I take offense to um, – the one thing I take offense to uh, uh, Jim Cornette saying about G. Raver is calling him Grover because I'm a Muppet guy. Now, you bring Muppets into this, bro. We, I mean, come on, man. Come on, Jim. Uh, I would rather be Grover than, than G. Raver. Grover – recovers from fucking botched super grover bumps far better far far better he knows near from far yeah i mean he he's got fucking insurance with farmers i don't know if you saw the commercial but he's got farmers insurance and if g raver had farmers insurance like grover does maybe this shit wouldn't be a problem to begin with but you know i mean to each their own um. Yeah, this this shit is just annoying to me at this point, and it isn't because like, 
oh, dude, how dare they go out to the gym? It's just not even that. Like, it's just to be that dedicated to a cause that, dude, this isn't, he didn't fucking injure you. He, he didn't fucking hurt you in, in the deathmatch world. Like, oh, I'm so offended. And fucking Jim Cornette. Shut the fuck up. You guys are fucking stupid. You, you look absolutely stupid. But that's cool. Just keep making the fucking shirts. Um, I'm sure nothing could possibly come from it. You know, the, these guys at this point, they're trying to go at the lawyer. Like, they're trying to go at the fucking lawyer going like, we feel he's he's mishandling his legal da-da-da-da-da. And like, here, here's the... Here's the fucking here mail mail letters to this this address to try to get his fucking license taken away. It's like, dude, you're 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 a fucking deathmatch wrestling fan and you're trying to battle a lawyer. I, I just fucking it just baffles me the, the the lack of intelligence on these people are, are just fucking startling. Um, so then the main event is uh, so uh, to just let me jump ahead to a question that I was asked. Um, let me see. Where the fuck? Okay. Uh, Steve Milan asked me, Jagad, are you still supporting Jim Cornette and his podcast despite Cornette and his lawyer, Stephen P. News, legal issues with your close buddy Shaheen over G. Raver's Cornette shirt design? So this should answer that question completely, what I just said there. Um, Shaheen's my guy. Uh, and again, I don't think this is a personal attack on Shaheen. He actually likes Shaheen's art. He was actually down with Shaheen's art, raising money for a good cause. He wasn't down for that art being steered in this direction. And it's not Shaheen that's standing on a fucking chair going, fuck you, we're making the shirts anyway. That, that's not Shaheen. That's, that's not his fucking stance. So the people who in the long run are going to get fucked, if anyone gets fucked, are going to be the people who are just die hard. We need to push this forward. The people who are collecting the money from this, those are the people who are going to wind up getting fucked. If, if anything, I don't know anything about it as far as like the, the legal, uh, you know, possibilities. I I don't know if, you know, if there's actually a a leg to stand on here as far as like coming up with something, but like, you know, they're really just like fucking calling them out. They're calling a lawyer and a guy with a shitload more money than any one of these fucks that are that are out here cheering this this side of things on. Like Jim Cornette definitely has more money than any of you deathmatch wrestling idiots, and and you're just gonna fucking just keep calling him out, just keep calling. Out, what what could possibly happen? Like Jesus. So anyway, uh, the main event was Reed Bentley versus John. Uh, can I have some pizza money, Murdoch? Um, and um. This was, uh, I mean, they, they really uh, lined this shit up, man. They A lot of fucking weapons. They put a bunch of lattice up. Now, the thing with the lattice, it, it's got a really good visual. There was gusset plates on some of it. There was barbed wire on some of it. And then there was, like, plain lattice on some of it, too. Um, but the problem with this is it blocks the fucking view. I've been in a crowd, and, like, a barbed wire board will fuck your, your world up. Like, you can't see the fucking match until they break that board. So this lattice stayed up for probably 75, 80% of the match, at least. So like a quarter of your fucking crowd had to have hated this match because they couldn't see a, a fucking thing. Um, 
What's funny to me is the fucking ring is full of fucking weapons and barbed wire and gusset plates, and Reed Bentley gets out of the fucking ring and goes to the back to come back with fucking light tubes. So it's like, I really want to fucking hurt my opponent, but in a very specific way. I have to go. I'll be back because none of these weapons are quite the type of injury I'm looking to inflict. Like this, we need to go back to the drawing board. Like this is, it's just fucking crazy. Like I understand when you go to the back and come out with a ladder, cause man, I want to fucking come off some shit, but like you have fucking barbed wire and gussets and all of this shit. It just really hasn't even been touched. And, and you're like, Oh, hold on. Let me, uh, I'm, I'll be back. You come back with a fucking bundle of light tubes. Like, eh, fucking... I like, can't put that shit under the ring, so, like, you could just, like, duck under there, grab the shit. Like, it's gotta be in the back. Like, I, I guess for, like, the shock value, oh, my God, they got light tubes, but what the fuck, man? It's just... It's just weird. And, again, this is the kind of what takes some of the buzz out of it, because it, it's, like... But there's all those weapons there. Like, you just... You're not impressed? Well, then why am I impressed? I guess I shouldn't give a fuck either unless you pull light tubes out. This is what has fans look at a ring full of weapons and go, We want fucking fire! Set it on fire! I don't care! Like, uh, fucking... You know, the old school fucking... That, that deathmatch wrestling that's been done very, very well in the past has been able to make the most out of whatever you have in the ring. And there, there's some people who could do it like fucking art, you know, where they could take a chair and make that shit brutal. They'd have it upside down and fucking taking bumps where you're, you know, heading at the fucking legs, taking a body slam on the bottom half of the fucking chair. And then, you know, like the innovative shit that you could do hitting on the back rim of the fucking chair, you know, the power bomb on the back fucking seat of the chair, like shit like that. Uh, there's things that can be done with what you have, but when you abandon that and just be like, yeah, 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 no, no, I want to like to, it's like, it just, you're helping the fans not care, in my opinion. This was a brutal match. They went all over the fucking place. They beat the shit out of each other. Obvious chemistry, because, you know, they're a tag team and everything else, which is always a good, you know, one-on-one is when you have guys that have that, that long-time chemistry and uh, tag team wrestling. So, great, brutal match. I mean, are these guys going to be regulars for this company now? I don't know, because I, I don't know that they were even in that company before or even that regular. But they obviously were looking for a big main event, big deathmatch main event. Um, So they, they definitely delivered with that. And, uh, you know, I, that was that. That was the, the big main event. And uh, John Wayne Murdoch does, you know, the, the fucking Canadian Destroyer thing or, or Deep South Destroyer through tubes and shit like that. And, um, yeah, so that was good. Um, what else do I want to, okay. So, uh, speaking of like GoFundMes, uh, there's, there's this guy that looks like a, like a bootleg fucking Finn Balor. I call him Ben Fowler. And, uh, someone broke into his car and stole his fucking gear slash paint. Now, the picture I saw, uh, his, his fucking paint looks pretty legit. Uh, I've never seen this fucking guy before. Um, but uh, his paint looks pretty legit. Um, let me, I'm trying to find uh, where I posted that fucking thing. Um...
No, that's not it. Um, I'm just trying to remember this fucking guy's name. Um, Dojo Wars. All right. Well. All right, I think I found it. There we go. This, uh, this guy's called Alan Stockdale. And his paint's legit. I mean, his paint's fucking probably more legit than his wrestling ability because I've never fucking heard of this guy. And uh, I, I just don't know. Uh, but he wanted a $500. And uh, he, he exceeded that goal. On 15 donors, he made $575. Which, it just fucking bothers me. It, it bothers me a lot because, you know, I, I work fucking six days a week and have for the past 18 years. I take care of animals. I have three kids. Um, bills are not fucking easy. And, like, I'd be a million times more deserving over, like, a once a month fucking, hey, guys, fucking help me out with the bills a little bit. Throw me fucking $500 collectively. And it would make a huge fucking difference in my life. But I have too much fucking pride and and respect for myself than to put myself out there like this. These motherfuckers are hobby wrestlers that that they refuse to get a normal fucking job. They want to play fucking wrestler on the fucking weekends and then when some shit doesn't go right in life because they're not living a responsible adult fucking life, they're like, yeah, fucking guys, uh, hey, just just give me money because I left my fucking car unlocked and someone stole my shit. Like, I just... What the fuck, man? And I, I have a bigger problem with the people who are... And again, this is why I I can't possibly shit on fucking Cornette's fucking stance with the G-Raver thing. Because the people who are donating money to these fucking causes that are just like, Oh, dude, poor guy. No, I got you. Like $575? Over 12 fucking people. That, that That's... I mean, that decent fucking donations. Each just to come up with that fucking number it's unreal i mean it's really fucking amazing to me i just i don't respect it at all um you know i've seen you know the ones where the chick does it for oh i'm trying to live my dreams and i have a fucking uh, college loans and this and that and i want to go and drive out to fucking florida and try to get signed with nxt so so give me my fucking uh GoFundMe money so I could just do that and not care about regular fucking responsibilities of an adult. Oh, I, I need new ring gear. So, again, like, never mind a job. Like, guys, pay for my stuff. Like, it's just bullshit. Absolute bullshit. You guys are clowns. So, um, that's what you should do. You should, you should get that fucking paint. You and your fucking friends should get together to, to build the GoFundMe's, clown paint your fucking faces up, and, you know, go fucking jump in a little car. Um, pull fucking endless scarves out of your fucking pants, you stupid asshole. Um, so, uh, Dojo Wars is on some bum shit. Uh, they, they had some kind of setup that said some shit like the backyard's back or something. And they were in the fucking colossal sports, whatever the fuck. And, uh, they had like a tarp down and they had just students like swinging chairs at each other, a ladder, a garbage can, and just doing like what looked like backyard wrestling in the, in the building. And, and Dojo Wars is posting this shit, which is why I say 
CCW has changed itself to devolve because this is not cool. This is not what the fuck kind of shit are you guys doing? Are, are you supposed to be one of the top fucking indie feds that's existed for fucking 20 years on the East Coast? Or are you guys just like going back to upstart jerk off fucking shindy company? Because that, that's what it looks like. That's completely what it fucking looks like. Your dojo is fucking ridiculous. It's pumping out fucking assholes. Speaking of, Jordan Olive Oil fucking, they, they post his fucking picture on the, uh, the, the fucking Instagram. And, and they post him with the fucking title. And uh, this fucking guy, like, I, I posted something like, and the comments were all, all negative. Like, there was no positives on this fucking, this guy's shit. Everyone was like, yo, what the, the fuck with this guy? You know, who, who fucking likes this guy? What, what's the problem with this guy? And uh, so I posted on there, you know, complete joke. This is a perfect example of what CZW is all about now. So he responds to my thing as well as everybody's fucking negative comments. He responded to every one of them, which is what champions do. They go on Instagram and they just try to respond to every fucking single person. Um, he clearly wanted no smoke with me, or maybe he was told by somebody a little bit smarter than him that like, yeah, leave, leave that alone. Because again, like I, I'll, I'll fuck this dude's head up, man. Like I, I don't even mean physically and shit. I, I just mean, again, like this is not a guy who can match fucking wits with me. Like his, his gimmick is I'm, I'm young, dumb and broke. Like you, you do not want to fucking play games with me, dude. Um, so anyway, um, and you know, let's, let's not get it fucked up. I started it, but again, like, dude, like, don't, don't try to fucking do this. This is not going to end well. So, um, he commented, LOL, uh, you know, tag me, whatever, LOL. And then he wrote like, you know, the, the SpongeBob meme where it's like the retarded SpongeBob and you, you type like capital, half capital and half lowercase letters. Well, he did that and he quoted complete joke. So then, uh, so then I put, you are, you absolutely are a joke. Shitty wrestler, and who in the fuck gave your punk ass the idea to wear a prison suit as if you wouldn't be holding someone's belt loop there? Which is what I pointed out on the show a while ago. He looked like fucking Piper Chapman from fucking Orange is the New Black. He, he looks like a chick all day long. And he's running around there with a fucking prison suit on. Like, dude, whoa, what the fuck role do you think he'd be playing in there? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh... Dude, I, I don't know what the fuck you think would go on, but it, it wouldn't be you looking any kind of successful. You, you would have a hard fucking time in there unless, you know, you was hitting motherfuckers off on, on some other shit. I, I don't know, man. Uh, so then another guy uh, comments puberty. So this fucking guy goes, you versus the gym would be cool to see. So... You know, I commented, I guess you choose the, I guess you choose who to make the go to the gym comments to, huh, little guy? Because this is the thing, like, the, Jordan fucking olive oil is a guy who I look at and I go, why doesn't he get in the fucking gym? He looks emaciated. This fucking guy has no fucking tone at all. He has no fucking mass. He just looks fucking terribly thin. He looks terribly fucking thin. And this guy is, is 
fucking finding the first person that's fat on the fucking comments and going, why don't you hit the gym? Motherfucker, you don't go to the gym. Who, who the fuck are you talking to about the gym? What the fuck do you know about the gym? Notice he didn't put no gym status on my shit. He just tried to SpongeBob route. Yeah, you know I mean, the fuck out of here, man. This shit is crazy. I, but again, like he's going on his fucking. Here's your fucking champion, your wired fucking champion, wiry fucking champion is up there, commenting on every fucking buddy. You, you fucking. Oh yeah, your mom. Like he gave your mom response on one of those fucking things too. Yeah, because someone said like, who fucking likes this guy? He's like your mom. <laughs> like, dude, get this fucking guy off the internet immediately. Stop having this guy represent your fucking company. This is ridiculous. So, that that's this guy. But again, that's that's Dojo Wars. That's that's uh the, the DJ Dojo. That that's what this pumps out. This pumps out fucking clowns like this that that represent your company. So, and then you you know you got your little fucking backyard wrestling in there. So that that's fucking that's bound to uh. So let me see if I got any other fucking comments or uh, topics in here. Fucking, um. I should fucking yawn again. (laughs) I just hate these motherfuckers, man. Like, more than I could even put into words. Not my type of motherfuckers at all. Oh, Nyla Rose uh, called out somebody saying that, um, you know, somebody said, oh, well, you know, you're a guy, so. Um, and then she said uh, something about, like, oh, did your daddy put his mouth on you in the wrong way or something? So apparently, like, if you speak any kind of truth about, like, look, this is was born a guy like she was born a guy that's that's a fact that doesn't make you like a victim of molestation that that's oh you must have been molested if you point out that this was a guy at birth like fuck i mean i don't give a fuck who they they make her the champion of or or whatever the fuck it's a horrible fucking wrestler I think the only reason why she's got a spot in the fucking company is because of the transgender thing. And that's the agenda they're using to push this fucking horrible wrestler. I don't, again, I don't have a problem with the fucking, oh, it's transgender and it's in the women's. I don't give a fuck about that. But I mean, now everybody who even points it out, like uh, the fact, like, oh, you must've been touched as a child. Really? Because I, I don't think that's, that's the correlation there. Like that, that can't possibly be like the natural progression of things. So anyway, um, the, the, the tarp, the GoFundMe, the, uh, yeah, I think I hit all this shit. Um, so then the last thing I think is the last thing I want to talk about is the NGI. I'm not going to go over every fucking match because I don't even have this shit written down. Um, I'll tell you that I like this one. I, I like this NGI a lot. Um, the first round was pretty fucking dope, except for one of the matches I didn't fucking like much. Um, I think it was the Orin Vite one. Um, 
I think. But um, really like the fucking uh, Schlack, Mance Warner, Matt Tremont one. Matt Tremont at this point is shaped like fucking SpongeBob with fat arms. Uh, he's gotta he's gotta fucking get on some kind of diet or something. He's gonna die. This guy's like in his fucking he's like thirty years old or some shit. He looks fucking fifty eight. It's crazy. It's crazy as hell, man. Like there's not a chance in the world that Matt Tremont looked younger than me. And he, he's younger than at least by at least ten years. That's just fucking bizarre. You know what I mean? Like that's that's fucking scary. And the weight is, is out of control. Like completely out of control. But um I mean he look, Matt Tremont's still an absolute legend in the deathmatch wrestling business. Um his fucking his his work is still fucking up there. Schlack came out like a fucking animal. What the fuck? Did I I missed the fucking Schlack match in the fucking holy shit. So the <laughs> Like the the reason why I watched the fucking ICW thing was to watch the Slack versus uh, Chris Dickinson match. I just started talking about Slack and I was like, wait a minute. Um, this was a fucking brawl. This was fucking crazy, banging ass fucking ass kicking match. Um, the only problem I have with this is well, Chris Dickinson makes motherfuckers look soft, and Slack is is far from fucking soft. He's a bad motherfucker. But Dickinson puts out fucking strikes that nobody could fucking hang with. Um, he really fucking just lights motherfuckers up. It's crazy. Um, now, the time where you got to fucking shine is wherever your offense comes in. And Schlack, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's balanced or what. But his shit is off. And, like, there's, there's a handful of moves. And he missed a couple on the fucking NGI, too, even though the match was fucking dynamite. And I love the Dickinson match, too. I really wish Slack would have got some more offense on Dickinson, and I wish that those fucking power moves he pulled would have been crisp. Because um, he went for, like, the um, Alabama slam, and fucking his, his, he slipped. So that shit looked fucking terrible. A lot of times, the way he throws that power bomb, the shit doesn't get all the way up, and then he kind of bails halfway through. It's crazy because, again, I know the strength is there. I don't know if it's the coordination, the balance, whatever it is. But he's just got to alter that move set a little bit to fucking make sure that he's got something he could really fucking control. Because, uh, I mean, you, you don't need to be, you know, Jonathan Gresham in the fucking ring as far as wrestling ability goes. But, like, to just be, like, hitting those fucking power moves like fucking clockwork, you know. That I just like to see that. Schlack is hands down my favorite deathmatch wrestler out. I mean, his, his promo ability, his fucking believability, his look. I, I look forward to every fucking Schlack match that I go into watching. Like, whenever I see him on the card and, and I tune into one of these shows, it's the number one thing I'm looking forward to is Schlack in a match. But, um, yeah, I just I just wish he would fucking smooth out some of those moves there because I'd really like to see him just firing on all fucking cylinders. I want to see him on the top of one of these fucking cards. I want to see him at the fucking main event of just about every fucking deathmatch show. I want to see him fucking holding titles. I want to see him on the fucking posters, big and fucking biggest fucking face on the poster and cutting promos to sell these fucking shows because he cuts promos that makes you want to show up. And and there's no denying that shit. Like the promos he puts out there makes motherfuckers go, oh, shit, this is going to be fucking crazy. You know, like I would have loved to see a fucking promo go into that Dickinson match. 
That would have made it even fucking more severe because he would have said some shit that would have got Dickinson fucking riled up. Dickinson would have cut a promo. They would have went into this fucking even more shot out of a cannon. But I, again, I, I hope for a rematch of this that's even better than the one we saw. Um, but I still loved it. Uh, all right. So this, you know, like I said, the NGI, that fucking three-way was just banging. I mean, they beat the shit out of each other. Schlack was stabbing motherfuckers with the, the fucking skewers, but was taking them, like, just one skewer at a time, which is weird because we've seen, like, the handful of skewers so many times that when he was going at it with, like, a single skewer, it looked more brutal than the actual fucking handful of them, which you would think, you know, getting stabbed with fucking 18 of them would be a lot worse than the one, which probably is, but um, the way he's jamming the one into the fucking guy's heads, it was like, fuck, man, this dude's really... He's on some shit with this. Um, but yeah, overall, um, fucking great, great fucking uh, deathmatch tournament. This was definitely one of their best in recent history. Uh, they hit a couple that just really didn't jump out to me. They they really weren't awesome. Um, criticism, uh, criticism wise, the only problem I really had with the structure of this thing is I hate two round tournaments. So if you got like three three way first rounds and then like a four way final, it's it's just two rounds. It's not really a tournament. It's like I don't even know what to call it, but I mean it's just it's two rounds. It's just winners of all these matches have one more match. Like yeah, I just rather like a middle, like a semis. There's no semis. It's just first round finals. Uh, you know, so I never really liked that formula. But um, this this show fucking delivered. Main event was great. Um, Gage won, which, ah, fucking enough with this guy. It's just, and, and then, you know, the, the the fucking speeches before, during, and after the show starts, you know, fucking MDK all fucking day, unless, unless you don't want to do it today, and then you can take the day off, maybe you can MDK tomorrow, it's fine, unless you're not up to it, and then you can fucking, you can MDK some other time, it's really up to your schedule, but like, I love all you guys, so fucking, whenever you want MDK is fine with me, perfectly fine, sometimes I try to MDK all day, and I forget that I had fucking plans with my girlfriend's mother, and then I can't really MDK because it'll put out like a bad impression. So I got to like come back to MDKing after dinner. Like when we drop her off at the house because, uh, you know, it fucking makes it weird around Thanksgiving if I MDK during dinner. Fucking. But I love you fucking guys is why I fucking do it. Fucking cell block 84 fucking Eastern block fucking love you guys. I'd fucking give you my commissary if I could. Um, You know. But uh, it's all fucking stale. He's had the fucking title for two fucking years. He, he's he's fucking he's changed weight classes while having the fucking belt. He's a cruiserweight now, all fucking geared up. And uh, you know, so the the match ends. Fucking Ricky Champagne comes in, fucking attacks him. Which look, I I can't stand Ricky Champagne as a fucking person with the fucking skipping around and shit. That's when I knew with the skipping. If anyone gets that reference, fucking let me know. Um, but uh, other than Nina, she clearly gets the reference. But um, so yeah, he, he fucking grabs the belt, fucking spray paints RSP on it, um, cuts a promo that's pretty much like not lit at all. He's like in the dark, and the promo was good. I really liked the promo. He was telling him, yeah, he's a convict, and it's not that cool to be in fucking in gangs, it's, you know, weak-minded shit, and fucking, 
you run around getting these people behind you can't even cross fucking borders i'm taking your fucking belt and fucking traveling the world with it come find me motherfucker you know i i really like this fucking promo i think the promo would have been even better if they got him like in his fucking car and he's about to leave with the fucking belt and now you got the dome light on so you got some fucking lighting you know and the cameraman comes in and be like hey you know what are you fucking here for all right, you know, while you're here, let me, you know, hey, hey, why are you taking the belt? You know, whatever. And then cut into the same fucking promo, but now you got at least a little bit of lighting going, and it shows it like you're fucking out of there with the belt. You, you know, go fuck yourself, Gage, all of that shit. And uh, it works. They did a match in uh, IWA Mid-South that was very good. And, um, yeah, anyone wants to go check that shit out. I think it was like Guardians of Hardcore, the first one, maybe. But um, that that was a really good match. So I mean, they're gonna tear it up. I don't like Ricky Shane Page's whole fucking uh, persona, uh, or any of that. Like it doesn't it doesn't come off like badass. But when he gets out there and he actually performs in the ring, his matches are fucking top notch. His death matches are fucking crazy. He he does some of the the wildest shit out there. Is fucking the amount of bleeding this guy does in a match is insane. Um. Yeah, I mean, him and Nick are going to be a fucking war when it comes down to it. Um, they got to take that fucking belt off of Nick sometime soon. Uh, maybe it goes to RSP for real. I mean, he stole it, but I, I don't know. But they got to do fucking something with that. It's good to see some kind of build or angle because they haven't done any anything that even resembles a fucking angle. So, yeah, that's that. Um, Check out. Shane, Nuclear Heat Graphics, uh, Wrestling Overdose, I haven't seen a new episode up on that, I don't know what's going on, I know he's been running around making that fucking money, this fucking guy was at the uh, ICW, then the next day he was on like the Legends of the Ring, had all the fucking ECW guys, fucking Dudleys, and and all sorts of motherfuckers posing with his stuff, and uh, that's fucking awesome, he's out there killing it, and I wish him all the best of luck fucking making that money with this shit, and uh, doing his fucking thing, man. Um, so check out that, check out, um, fucking Jeremy at, I got you five stars. He, uh, just wrapped up that I, he, he went to that ICW show. So if you check out his show, he's going to give you a full rundown top to bottom of that show as well. Uh, so you'll see what he saw firsthand and his, his view of that whole thing. I wonder what side of the ring you had. I didn't even ask him what side of the ring he was on with that, uh, that lattice shit up there. Um, but yeah, I don't. There's only one side that I think that would really would have fucked the world up of uh, the the view up for. But um, so you check him out. Uh, check out my man fucking Eric Williams over there at uh, We're Fucking Losers that uh, helped blow my fucking parlay podcast. Um, they're doing their thing. They're talking football. They're talking sadness. They're talking uh, wallowing in self pity. They're, they're talking uh, disappointment. They're talking future injuries. Talking current injuries. They're talking about the draft next year. They're talking about a lot of things that don't involve winning. So uh, check him out. That's my guy right there, Eric fucking Williams. Um, check out the wrestling soup. Joe Numbers, Anthony Missionary, Thomas, John Draper. Doing their fucking thing as always. Uh, check out Two Scoops doing his fucking thing. Doing a, a fucking podcast uh, that they talk about football. And he's talking about disappointment too. His fucking Bucks took a loss. 
Bucks took another fucking loss. Bucks took a loss to the fucking Giants. The, the fucking rookie quarterback and fucking Saquon Barkley out of the fucking game. The Bucks took took a loss to the fucking Giants. Jesus. Um. So yeah. Uh. Happy with my Niners, man. We fucking pulled off the win. Five fucking turnovers. Disgusting. But our defense is legit. Sherman is out there playing fucking Legion of Boom level ball. Our fucking defense is legit. Quan Alexander and our fucking defensive line with Boza and Ford and Buckner. I I mean, yo, this is going to cause fucking problems all year long. Our offense is going to have its ups and downs, but when our offense has a down and our defense still carries us to a fucking win... You guys got fucking problems. We got a week off. We come back on Monday Night Football against the fucking Browns. We're about to get fucking smoked because those motherfuckers are overrated. Baker Mayfield's going to have Boza on his ass. No Beckham. And uh, I'm fucking hyped, man. This is this is a 3-0 and fucking Niner season. First time since 98. Uh, you know, look, uh, like I said, all the wins aren't going to be fucking pretty, but if they're all wins, I don't give a fuck what they look like. I know who's not fucking 3-0. Any of the fucking podcasts that I just mentioned. Minus my man Jeremy over there with his 3-0 bills. Those motherfuckers are out there in parking lots blowing their goddamn faces off with fireworks and throwing each other through fucking tables like on some real shit. Their fans are, are the most entertaining motherfuckers, man. Like, if the fucking Bills fans... I If... Like, Jets fans were, like, Bills fans. I think I would fucking find a way to, like, go attend Jets games. Just to sit in the fucking parking lot and watch these motherfuckers throw each other through tables and set each other on fire. Buffalo's just too far. It's just too far away. But I'll check them out on the internet all year. Um, But, yeah. So, I think that's all I got. Um, Antonio Brown's a fucking maniac. He's out of here. Real quick. Where the fuck is my phone? Um, so, this was like a real thing, man. Like, not only is Antonio Brown out of his fucking mind, but like, this is some of this shit that comes up on the fucking internet. So, this dude posted this shit on the sports page. The Whites just showed us again how powerful they are. That shit ain't about a damn bullshit civil rape case. It's about the Whites showing niggas they can't have their way. Hashtag stay woke. Wow. Wow. I mean, you do realize that fucking Antonio Brown, before leaving the fucking Raiders, called the GM a cracker. And threaten to punch him in the face. Can you imagine a white player. Throwing a racial slur. At a black fucking team owner. GM. Coach. Anything of that nature. Authority figure. Even fellow player. Going to another team. And have white people going. Yeah the black man's holding the, holding the white man down. That's what's, that's what's happening here. It's like no. He, he actually displayed. Verbal fucking racism. And motherfuckers are standing by him like, see, see what happens to the black man? You got to be out of your fucking mind. Like, if if you're still, look, racism happens, um, 
discrimination happens, if you're going to look at Antonio Brown and pull the fucking race card on that shit, you have no validity. None. None at all. None at all. It's fucking crazy. I, I, I That's all I got, though. Um, I'm going to try to hit y'all motherfuckers next week. Uh, I got... What the fuck do I got? Um, I don't know if I have any fucking shows this weekend that I'm going to watch. I don't think so. But what I... Monday is the Janela thing. So I'll probably check the Janela thing out next Monday. And, I, I, you know, hopefully uh, cover that later on in the week or some shit like that. But I think I got all the plugs, got all the things. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. If I missed anything, you know, let me know. I'll fucking hit that shit up next week or something. Because I always need topics and shit like this. So, talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired of rain. Makes the grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you wanna be. You need people like me. I listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So what I make you good? Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> You just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Cusa Kick Radio. So say good night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no solution.